Thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Ben Evenson. Here's what we're talking about this whole month. We're talking about the extra, extra of God. And we like to sum that all up in a word that we see throughout Scripture and throughout our lives called favor. Right? Favor. You with me? Now, I talked last week and I said, God is into socialist. God is not fair. Are you with me on this? God is not like, I'm just going to make sure everybody gets the same because that's not how God did. However, he is completely just. So when something is wrong, God's heart is in the mix to fix it and make it right. Does that make sense? So God is absolutely just. It's not a matter of like, oh, God is so unfair. He's a cheater. No, but he isn't just across the board, like, okay, everybody's just going to be equal. However, he also in his goodness and his love and his amazing power has made an equal opportunity for all people to receive the love that he's offering. Does this make sense? So God is not particularly fair in how he, how everybody gets everything, right? Some of you probably have nice shoes and some of you don't. I grew up shopping Payless or hand-me-down shoes my entire life. I always looked at the kids growing up that had Nikes or back when I I was in, I don't know if they have these again. I feel like they do. Reebok pumps. Dude, those were the coolest shoes. Reebok pumps. They were the ones where you could like, they were like high top basketball shoes and you'd put them on and you'd, on the tongue, there was like this bubble and you'd go, and there was like air pockets around the shoes and it would like, And then he'd push a little button on the side that would go, and the air would come out. And it was like, I never, I never had those because we were poor. Oh, I know. I saw those now. I think they're ugly. Unless you're going, okay. Unless you're going to like a dance party, I think it'd be cool to have LED light up shoes. But like, you're going to wear those to school? I don't know. It's so weird. Oh, they do? I'm sorry. I offended somebody. Okay. We're not talking about that. But listen, I could have grown up my entire life looking around and just going like, man, God's not fair because my friends have, you know, all the cool stuff and I just have like cheap crap because that's what we could afford. And I lived at a camp, you know, like a summer camp where you go to summer camp. Everybody been there? So like most of my clothing growing up was taken from the lost and found at camp that kids left at camp. So once in a while, I scored some pretty sweet gear, but I didn't pay for it. Does this make sense? So I landed like some really nice, like, you know, I got a starter jacket once. Those were really cool back in the same time, but you guys have probably never heard of those. Anyway, yeah, right, Jolene? Starter jackets were the bomb, and it had to be Chicago Bulls or the Dallas Cowboys. What? Oh, the Eagles. Well, anyway, I was in Arizona. Nobody liked the Eagles in Arizona. I'm sorry. But I was born in 1981. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I'm super old. Don't look at Stu right now, okay? Um, (laughs) I know. I'm sorry, Stu. Anyway, so this is the reality, though. God is in the business, like I just talked about downstairs, of pouring out his blessings into our lives. God is totally like, he's like a dad with an unlimited income on his daughter's 16th birthday. You've watched the show. I'm serious, but God is a little more wise than those fathers. Does it make my super sweet 16? Oh my gosh, show you all have to watch, I think. It's not all appropriate, never mind. Ask your parents, but 
Chris Lee is, or Chris Lee knows best. Have you seen this show? <laughs> oh my gosh. I laugh so hard. I'm like falling off the couch laughing every episode. This guy is like, he tries so hard to be a good dad, but he's really wealthy and he spoils his kids like crazy. His kid went and got a tattoo. John 316. He's like 19 years old. Gets John 316 tattooed across his whole side and comes home and he was dumb enough to Snapchat a picture with him and his friend at the tattoo parlor. So his dad sees the Snapchat. He gets home and his dad's like, where were you? He goes, I was just at the spot with my friend, you know, like, yeah, right, you know. And then it turns out that his dad gets him to show him the tattoo, and he's like, you're going to get that removed. And he goes, no, I'm not. And his dad then goes, well, I think there's a Range Rover in the garage that you'd really like, so if you get that removed, I'll give you the Range Rover. And I'm kind of like, hold on. I'll get a tattoo every week and get it removed if that's what I get out of it. I mean, so it's like ridiculous. This guy's so wealthy, but... That's the kind, it is, it's like everything inside this dad's heart is like, I want to discipline my kids and teach them right and wrong, but ultimately, I just love them so much, I want to give them everything I can. And that's the heart of God, okay? He looks at your life and he sees the stuff that's going on, he's not totally ignorant, but he chooses to not focus on the problems in your life. He doesn't look at you and go, what a failure. He looks at your life and he goes, I can't wait to see. He like whispers it in heaven to all the angels. He's like, watch that one. It's going to be cool. And I'm talking about the kid in detention. I'm talking about the person who's out under the bleachers, like smoking weed and drinking and doing who knows what. Like I'm talking about like those, God doesn't sit back and go, wow, what a loser. Man, that kid, I should just wipe him out now. Right? How many of your parents and your parents are not perfect. So hopefully none of your parents would be that like, I'm just going to kill them because they're stupid, right? That would be ridiculous, right? I know. Some of you are like, no, if I got cosmetic and pot under the bleachers, my dad would kill me. He probably wouldn't kill, kill you. He might end your life as a social aspect, right? But he's not going to kill you. If he's going to kill you, come talk to me afterwards. We really need to make a phone call, Okay. Seriously, if you really believe your father would kill you for screwing up. But realize this, God is not a messed up father. He's a really good one who really wants to see blessing pour into your life. So what he does is he provides opportunity all over the place. But here's what happens to us as people. We forget to look for the goodness of God coming into our lives. And so what happens is what we, when we don't expect to see God do good things, we stop looking for God to do good things. Does this make sense? If you don't expect God to be good, if you think like, oh my gosh, my grandma died, my dad died, and my sister got hit by a car all in the same week, how can God be good? I hate him. Now, there's people that stuff like this has happened, okay? I don't, it may not be that exact occurrence, but how many of you have had one of those weeks? Not that exact, but... One of those weeks where it's like every single thing goes wrong. How many of you have had one of those years where it's like nothing goes right? Maybe your entire lifetime has been that way. Does that make sense? Like you can very easily begin to say there is no way that God is good because my life is miserable. That limits your perspective because you suddenly 
might be knee deep in a pit of mud and suddenly you look down and you go, it's over. I'm going to drown. And if all you ever do is look at the mud that's up to your knees or even up to your neck, if all you do is like, I'm dying, it's like quicksand. You're on your way down, right? How many of you would just look down if you were drowning in quicksand? Just be like, I'm gone. It's over. What would you be doing? What would you do? What would your head do if you were in quicksand? You're going to be like, what can I grab? But listen. This is what we do in our lives all the time. Crap gets going on around our lives and we get stuck and we're like, oh my gosh, this is not good. It's like, and we get focused on the stuff that's got us trapped and we don't even take the minute to look and say, God, I need out. Because guess what? There's promises all over in scripture that said God is there waiting for you. He wants to help you out. He may not do what you expect You might be like, God, save me. And he might go, I'm just going to hold your hand for a while. Exactly. You might stay stuck in the crap for a while. Stuff might go on, right, Stu? You might go through crap for years. Some of you have really tough home lives. Some of you have really great home lives. Some of you have a really hard time at middle school because you get bullied and picked on and given the hardest time. And teachers always think it's you when it wasn't you necessarily. And you just go through, you're like, what is, like, nothing is for me. Anybody ever feel that in any of those situations? Uh, Yeah, we've all been there at times. But the reality is we reach up and say, God, help me. He always helps you, but it isn't always how you expect. He might just reach down and grab you by the arm and just hold you there for a while. And when the time is right, with his amazing, loving, powerful hand, he pulls you up out and sets you up on a solid place. I'm serious, but all along you're safe because he's got you in the mess And then all kinds of times, and all of us adults can probably, at least some of you can probably see this too, is that he sets you up on that spot and you look over right next to you and there was a giant poisonous snake that had been hanging over your head and you realize, wait, that's why he didn't pull me up right away. I would have died. Because a good father sees more than you do about your situation. He knows what you're in. But in the moment, it might be better to hold you secure and safe right where you're at and wait for other dangers to pass before they pull you out. Does this make sense? So here's the challenge to you tonight. As you're looking and going like, okay, God, how do I keep myself from getting stuck in my current circumstances? It's a little five-letter word. Yeah, faith. And I know, it's like, oh yeah, faith. We talk about that at church all the time. But what I want to say to you, and I feel like I heard this phrase from God this week. I was just praying and I heard God say this, okay? And I pray like throughout my day. I wasn't like in like a perfect spot with perfect lighting and perfect music. And some people totally thrive on that. I get like stir crazy, like oh, I got to do something, okay? I pray while I'm like laying tile in my bathroom or painting the wall. And I just go like, God, what's going on, okay? You can do this and have relationship with God as you go through life. I encourage you, if you really thrive and get a lot, and there's time I just break out and I do God time solo, no distractions, and I focus, okay? I'm not saying, no, I never. But I hear God the most when I'm in motion. 
personally for me. But I heard God say this week, he said, faith is your funnel. I was like, okay, not sure exactly what that means. And then I got a picture of something kind of like this. Now, God promises that he provides opportunity, right? God is pouring out his love and his goodness in our, into our lives every single day, all around us. There are good things happening if we look up and see where they are. But what happens a lot of times is because we get very narrow-minded and very caught in our circumstances, our faith is about that big around. Okay? Our faith just kind of goes like, yeah, maybe God will help me out, but... But see what happens, and I know you guys are going to totally get distracted at this point. How many of you believe that M&Ms are blessings? Right? Oh my gosh, right? M&Ms are blessings. God might be pouring blessings out all around you. Okay? I know. Look at that. Awesome, right? But look at how many, how many blessings, blessings, stay focused. Grab an M&M, eat it, and don't make a big deal of it, Okay? Oh my gosh. I'll give you more later. Don't be greedy. I've got a whole like 20 pound box right here and I'll let you have all you want. Okay. Here we go. But focus for right now. How many of these M&Ms fell on the floor right here? A lot. How many did I catch? Like seven. Why? Because we're, because I'm stuck in my circumstances and I'm not looking for God to show up. Now, listen, When you get to a place where you start to look and know God is good, I don't see it right now, but I know he's good. That's called faith. When you believe what God has said, even when it doesn't make sense at the moment, even when all the evidence points a different direction, faith steps in. Faith is not demanded at all when you can see everything crystal clear, right? There's not a lot of faith that I need to sit down when I see a stage right here. I help build the stage. I know it's solid. So for me to go like this does not take much faith. Right? Now listen, if I come right out here and go, I just built a stool right here. Can you see it? I'm just going to sit down on it. That's faith. If I like literally kick my feet up and just whoop. There's a risk involved. Oh, I know. I should do it. Ha ha. I'll get an M&M embedded in my tailbone or something. It'd be awful. So here's what happens though. When you get your mind refined and it says, I forget where it is. Philippians. I think it is. Philippians. It says, do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. Transformers, right? By the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind means you change the way you think about life and circumstances. And because of God, because Jesus loves you and you know it and you can see it at times easier than others, you begin to live your life with a renewed mind that makes your funnel a whole lot bigger. So now when you've got your eyes looking going, God, what are you going to do? I'm watching for every single thing you do, right? Suddenly now, the blessings start pouring out. And instead of going everywhere else, you get loaded up, filled up with the blessings of God. Simply why? Oh, I did. I dropped it. Oh, so bad. Anyway, do you, listen, do you see the great difference that happens here? Oftentimes, people get really burnt out on the whole God thing because they seriously, they show up at church and go, Well, God, if you're real, 
then you're going to make my parents not get divorced today. And their parents get divorced. And they go, well, God, I guess you're not good and I guess you're not real. I'm out. That's itty bitty faith. Okay? Big faith, funnel size faith looks like, God, my parents are talking about separating, getting divorced. And I don't know what to do, God. Show me your goodness in this, in this circumstance. Show me what this looks like. How are you going to come through, God? Give him a wide open funnel to pour, into his, pour in his goodness. If you give him a target this big and say, God, if you don't do this, then you're not real. And I think we've all had those conversations with God. I've done it like a thousand times, right? I think we've all been like, God, this is the ultimatum. And sometimes by God's goodness, because he understands what's good for us because he's a good father, he'll answer that tiny little target prayer. So I'm not telling you just to pray general prayers all the time, but I am saying, say, God, I want to see you move in my parents' life. God, I want you to move in my parents' life. I need dad to bring flowers home to mom tomorrow and she's going to cry and fall on the floor and they're going to have a perfect marriage. Like, I don't know. That would be a dumb thing, I guess. I don't know. Like, just work with me. Does this make sense? Do you see the difference? God, work in my family. Use me. Whatever that might look like, everybody's got circumstances. God, I'm getting beat up and bullied at school every day, and I don't even know if I want to go on living. So, God, if you don't kill that bully, right, that's a little tiny, right? There's like no faith in that. What about a different prayer that looks more like a funnel that says, God, Pour out your love on that bully that they would come to know you and your love. But aren't we all glad that God doesn't smite every bully? Because I think we've all probably been on that side of it at some point. I know, some of no, I've never bullied anybody. If you have siblings, you've been a bully. Yeah, it connected, didn't it, Right? You've done it at some point. You've been the bully, and you're really glad that your sibling, when they said, I wish you die, you're really glad that God doesn't answer their prayer. I know when a bully makes your life miserable hell, okay? I know I'm a big, pretty muscular guy now, and I like athletic, whatever, okay? Believe me, when I was in middle school, was I a target for bullying? At six feet tall in sixth grade and 98 pounds. Yeah, thank you. I've only grown this much since sixth grade and I've more than doubled my weight. Yeah, how many of you weigh 98 pounds right now? Stretch you out to six feet tall, right? Seriously, I was like, like I got like serious seriously bullied by people. I was super tall, and the only thing I was good for was finding people in the hallway at school. And people would just use me. They'd be like, Ben, do you see sounds? I'd be like, yes, because everyone else was like my waist. Okay, it was like so weird. I was like this. What? And I know I was 98 pounds because I was on the wrestling team that year. 
because my dad wouldn't let me play fa- football. So I was like, well, I'm going to go out for wrestling then, Dad. Because I thought, I thought if I played football, then I'd be cool. Yeah, uh, 98 pounds and six feet tall, I would have been paralyzed, right? And I almost got paralyzed wrestling. 98-pound weight class. I'd stand out there, and these little muscle-bound guys, like Karsten size, would just be like, boom! they like, take out my legs, and I'd just be like, timber! Like, it was a freakish thing what I was in middle school. So I get it. I absolutely understand those thoughts of like, man, I'm not cool enough. I'm not good looking enough. Nobody likes me. I just, I don't want to go to school anymore. I get that. But at the same time, I look back at my middle school years and I think of them fondly, if that makes sense. I think of my middle school years and I go, that was, I liked middle school. And I still to this day, I don't exactly know why other than I know for a fact in seventh grade that the Holy Spirit met me in a tangible way at church camp. And I got wrecked forever in seventh grade. And it steered my life and turned me to a place where I was just like, God, and doesn't, I, would, I didn't just become like super church boy, okay? Please don't get that impression. But something shifted in my life that changed the way I think a renewing of my mind happened when the Holy Spirit came and I can go back to the spot on the floor of the chapel at camp in Arizona up in the mountains. I can go to that spot where it happened to this day. It was like 26 years ago. Oh my gosh. Anyway, no, 22 years ago, something like that. More than 20 years ago, I can go to that spot and say, this is the spot where I just said, God, I don't know what to do. I'm a weird, awkward seventh grader who can't really make good friends, and I don't know what's going on. And he said, boom, you're blessed more than I was. Tell you what. And he came, and something, I was at Baptist Bible camp, so I didn't even have a clue what it meant to be, like baptized in the Holy Spirit and all that, because we didn't talk about that kind of stuff. But I look back now, knowing what I know now about the Holy Spirit coming, and you just go like, you're in seventh grade, right? It's really cool to cry. In public when you're a boy in, in, in seventh grade, right? Super cool. In front, a front row in the chapel at summer camp with 300 junior hires. I cried on the floor for over an hour. And it was the best thing ever. Because, I know, it was awesome. I, I like to say I was snot-faced on the floor. That's really the best way because it's, it's more than your eyes are crying, your nose cries. And I'm not saying that everyone who gets the Holy Spirit does this, but this is what happened to me. Some of you have experienced similar stuff like that. Some people get crazy happy and they just laugh like crazy. Some people just get total, some people get total peace. Some people just lay there and go, oh God, you love me and I know it. I don't know if you guys have heard this story, but Xavier... Trenton's brother, you guys know Trenton, right? Xavier's brother that's been, he's been coming for like two months now. First time he came here, he walked up to me afterwards. I'm gonna share this story. He didn't, no, no, almost, okay? He comes up to me afterwards. He goes, my brother's been coming here for like a year and he always says it's awesome. So I thought I'm just gonna come. He's 16, so he's cool. He's like, I just thought I'd come and see if I like it here. And if I don't like it, I just will never come back. And if I like it, maybe I will. And I was like, okay, what'd you think? Because this was right afterwards. And he goes, I'll be back again. And I was like, okay, cool, great, yeah. And he's like, and I just want you to know I'm an agnostic. I don't really know what that means. Oh, no, that, I know 
What is it? It's like when you believe in a higher power, but you don't believe in like this journey of higher power, so you just hope the best for an afterlife. Yeah, it's just kind of this like, I just hope something good happens, maybe. Is that, I don't know, it's something to that effect. Like, whatever, but he's like, but I'm thinking about converting to Christianity, he said. I'm an agnostic, but I'm thinking about it, okay? One week later, Wednesday night, he comes back here. Most of you didn't even know this happened, okay? In the middle of worship, whatever, we're closing worship, and I was praying at the end of, the, of worship, and then this, and then we split, and I came up here with the junior hires just like tonight, went back down afterwards, and Dylan had just prayed with everybody down there too, and he comes up to me and he goes, dude, when you were praying at the end of worship, I felt it. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, and he goes, it started on the top of my head and it ran all the way to my feet. He said, I know God is real. I was like, nobody, nobody taught, nobody argued him in. And then, and then he said, and then everybody prayed for me later with Dylan. And he said, and it happened again, twice in one night. He said, I felt God. So he's like, He's like, so I'm in. He's like, there's no question anymore. I experience God. How can I possibly say there's no God? He's like, I'm in. And I said, do you have a Bible? He said, yeah, I'm on Genesis chapter 10. He had already been reading his Bible the whole week. And I was like, okay, if you get stuck in Leviticus, just skip ahead to John because, oh man, some of the Old Testament books are like, he's like, okay. Like, but literally, that's all he needed. He didn't have a bunch of good theology. He didn't have a bunch of good teaching. But God showed up because he came and said, I kind of like it here. I'm going to see what's going on. Since then, he continues to get open visions. God told him one day to go take a bike ride. He went down to this lake, sat on a bench, looked up at the sky. He said the clouds opened up crystal clear one of these rainy days a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, whatever. Yeah, it's been every day. It's been rainy, right? Cloud opens up, clear blue sky, and a face moves across him through the opening in the clouds. And he was like, God showed me he's real again. Okay? Oh, my gosh. If you are not looking and expecting God to do something, you probably won't catch much of God's goodness. Ding. Here it is. Last verse, and then we'll be done. This is a good one, too. No, I need that. I need that for our egg, our egg game at the retreats. Anyway, here we go. Shh, I'll explain later. That would be super distracting right now. It says right here in Joel chapter 2, verse 28. A lot of you have heard this before. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. We don't know what days this is talking about, but we know it's a promise from God that it's coming. And we're seeing it more and more. I don't know if, did we tell the testimony about Keith last week? We're training for the mission trip to go to Australia. And our whole mission in Australia this summer is to go there and tell people what God says about them. Ah, it's going to be so fun. So we're reading this whole book and we're training people. The whole team, Justice is in on this. Who else in here? Anybody else? Right here, Andrea. Okay, and it's like, ah, we're excited. So guess the, get this, Keith, who's a junior this year, goes after Sunday to the gym and works out, you know, because he's pretty stacked, makes me look 
fat and ugly, okay? Keith is like, awesome. So he goes to the gym, and then after the gym, he goes to Starbucks, because that's what you do. You need your espresso. He goes into a Starbucks over here at Target, right near here. And we've been practicing, like, hearing God's voice for people, strangers, total strangers. So Keith goes in there, and he, there's this guy in line, and he goes, I'm supposed to pray for that guy. He, he had this sense. He's like, God just told me I needed to pray for him. So he walks over, says, hey, can I pray for you? And that's like the scariest question ever because you're like, what are they going to say, right? 99.9% of people will be like, sure, right? Sure. With that awkward, like, I don't know what you're going to do, but I guess. Most people are not going to be like, no, never pray for me, (laughs) right? So it's a scary question, but it comes very simply. And he goes over and he says, can I pray for you? And the guy goes, sure. You know, the comment like, I'm not sure about you, but okay, go ahead and try. Keith starts praying for this guy. No, like, super, like, ooh, I got some great, like, special words. But immediately, he sees a very vivid picture in his mind of fire. Generic, right? Kind of a general thing. He opens his eyes and looks at the guy and goes, does fire mean anything significant to you? And the guy gets, like, crazy all emotional and goes, today is the two-year anniversary my wife died in a fire. Today. Like, crazy. You're just like, and Keith was like, It worked. Like, it freaks you out when you actually hear God's voice because you're actually, here, I need that again, funneling for something bigger than, oh, it's all about my situation right here. Keith could have just been worried about his espresso. But he's like, God, what are you going to do? Do you think Keith got blessed by this situation? Heck yeah. He's like, oh my gosh, I hear God's voice. So he had the opportunity and he just said, hey, I just want to pray God, I pray you'd heal his heart. I pray you'd give him the freedom to live life the way you've designed him to. And this whole, like, I was like, whoa, good prayer. Way to go. Like, he just, but it just came out of him because in that moment when that guy knew he was loved by God and known by God, can you imagine what that did for his grieving heart? Lost his wife in a fire, and now some strange 17-year-old walks up to him in Starbucks and goes, God just showed me a picture of fire. That's an encounter with God. We'll never know until heaven probably how that impacted that rest of that guy's life because we don't like ask, can I get your phone number so we can put you on our mailing list? Like, no, it's like God, God knows where you live, okay? We'll figure it out later and we'll worship in heaven together. But God is really interested in your lives. And if you're looking for the extra, extra of God, give him a huge funnel, huge funnel. And start praising him for every single thing around you. It's good practice to get up in the morning and you walk outside and you go, a flower, God, you're awesome. It'll make your whole morning way better, I promise. I know you guys are like, that's so lame. Yeah, try being extremely thankful in the morning and see how it changes your day. I'm, oh, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, that's so cheesy, Ben. Try it for a week. Try it for a week that everything in the morning, mom, thanks for packing my lunch. Whatever. Yeah. Hey, dad, thanks for paying the electric bill so I could charge my phone last night. Well, what? But listen, you can choose to ignore the goodness around you or you can find it and call it out and give God glory for it. That's the song we were singing at the end tonight. Let 
my praise fill the temple. Let your whole life look like God. Like, and not cheesy, like it does, it's like you walk around with like a shaft of light over your head, like, oh, right? Like, maybe don't, don't close the funnel. Be like, oh man, I don't want God to do that. Come on, how many of you think that'd be freaking awesome? You walk to school with a shaft of light over your head, like, check me. Bully me, I dare you, right? People are gonna leave you alone. You're like, oh, I don't want God to do that. Are you serious? You name it. If God shows up in your life, it'll change everything. But you gotta be looking for him so that when he shows up, you're channeling that all right in. I know, I should have glued it or something, but here's what I want you to do. Stand up. She's like so addicted to my funnel. Girl, if you wear that on your head to school tomorrow, you can have it. I'm just kidding. Shh, shh. Okay. Take a couple steps up forward. Okay? If I were to tell you that right up above there in the black thing is, don't touch it. You're so distracted. If I were to tell you that that was full of M&Ms up there and you can have as many as you catch when I open it up, what would you do? What would you do? Come on, show me what you would do if I was to tell you that 500 pounds of M&Ms are going to start raining down over your head. Right? You're going to like anything I got. Open my pockets, my hood. Why? Shh. Why, do, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Because you like chocolate and you want to catch as much as you can. So a really poor plan, if you really like chocolate and you want to catch a lot of it, would be to go like this. You might catch one in your neck. Maybe. But it's so obvious. If you want to catch something that's coming, you open it up as big as you can. You don't, oh, no, I don't want any of that. I love chocolate, but I don't want to catch any. If you hate chocolate or you're allergic, run. Okay, Um, but... It's so common sense and God is not that complicated. The way you would respond to money falling out of the ceiling. I know none of you are allergic to it, right? You guys would be like stuffing it in your pockets and pushing each other. You would pursue it with desperation because you know, listen, you know it would change your life, wouldn't it? So... She'd buy a pony and you'd ride it every day around steel and and a dolphin in the river. Okay. Shh. So listen, how many of you believe that the power and presence of God would change your life if it completely filled and flooded every corner of who you are? So if catching a bunch of money would change your life and you'd go spastic and crazy like, for that, you'd be like, okay, God, cool, just show up. How lame is that mentality that's like, ah, you get in the money tank thing at Chuck E. Cheese or the ticket thing, you're like, ah, you're like, I don't care what people think, I get free tickets. All those tickets, and you're probably going to get one of those stupid little plastic whistles. And you made a fool of yourself in front of all your friends at your birthday party to get a stupid plastic whistle. 
but you're afraid when you come to church to worship with all your heart because somebody might judge you. Good. Shh. Do you catch what I'm saying here? I'm not saying you have to be the most ecstatic, like ecstatic worshiper in the room. But I'm saying, if you stand there acting like you don't want to catch anything, what are you going to catch? It doesn't have to be that you're like, like I jump and I go, I can't dance, so I jump. Because if, ju- if I dance, it's bad. Lynn knows. So I jump, and that's probably ugly too, but God likes it. I'm serious, but if you're not a jumper, put your hands like this and go, God, I just want to catch what you're doing tonight. It's okay. And if your friends start talking to you and try to pull, like, hey, dude, come over here. Be like, no, I'm catching money. Leave me alone. Right, Ryan? It's like you suddenly, I don't care what Snapchat you just got on your phone, you're not going to pull out your phone right before the money drops. You'll be like, I'll get it later. I'm catching money. So listen, I'm not trying to manipulate you into a behavior of some kind because I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you how to think. I'm telling you God wants to pour out blessings into your life and his word is full of the promises that back that up. So I'm telling you, think like God's gonna do something in your life and watch what he'll do. Or you can think, eh, God doesn't really like me that much, so whatever. And see what you catch. I'm serious. It said, I read this verse last week, I forget where it is, but it, God earnestly desires to bless those who earnestly seek him. What does earnestly mean? You do something earnestly. Like if money was about to fall, you would get earnest very quick. You don't even know what that word means, but this is earnest. Where is it? You would all put, none of you would be like, this is going to be lame. I'm serious. But you have, listen, You have 100% control of what you open yourself to catch. And I'm serious about that. The spirit of God is dropping all around you. And you hear stories like that about Xavier getting hit. hit, And you're like, where was I that night? What happened? I was standing right next to him. All it was was he came going, God, I don't even know about this thing. I don't even believe in God, but I'm here. And God showed up. And the person standing right next to him might not have felt anything because they were going like, oh man, I hope this is over soon. Is God gonna just be like, no, I'm gonna go get that one. That sounds like fun. They're excited to be here. Like, does this make sense? We love being here. We love worshiping. We love just like watching you guys grow and explode into who you're gonna be and who God's called you to be. And we look at you and we're not as good as God. But we look at every one of your lives and go, oh, I can't wait to see. We've got like 19 seniors, something like that, or 14 or 15 seniors graduating this year out of Airborne. And man, we do this whole prayer dessert night thing where we pray over every one of them and we have really good desserts and this stuff. And we give everybody a gift every year. And it's this like major thing. And it's like, these are kids that I've watched come from like second grade in this church. 
And now I'm watching them go launch out into the world. The Nate Goodyears who got 20 grand a year to go to college. And I just go like, that's the kid we prayed for in sixth grade and seventh grade and eighth grade on these retreats. And we said, you're going to be a leader and you're going to go. He's on his way to medical school. He needs that $80,000 to get through medical school, right? 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 This is why we're here, and you may not grasp all of it yet. It may be like, oh, okay, I just kind of let go of my friend. friends are there. That's fine. But I challenge you to look for more and open that funnel up and go, God, I'm glad my friends are here. What are you going to do with us? And you can do it with your friends. It's really fun. A bunch of you got whacked all together when, what's his, Will Hart was here like a year or two ago. Oh, my gosh, right? I have a video on my phone, and I can't wait to show that at your graduation party. No, that's cool. These girls cried their eyes out for like an hour and a half on the floor of the sanctuary because God met them, right? How many of you were in there that night? Oh my gosh, see? It was a crazy like, boom, I got a video and I'm like, this is like my dream to see you guys get this like, boom, like God, seventh grade, it changed my life forever. I can't wait to see. So put your hands up. Say, God, you rock, and you love me, and you want to pour out blessing all around me and in me. So, God, I open the funnel. I look up, and I ask, God, what are you going to do today? Open my eyes so I can see you, Jesus. Come, change my life forever. In Jesus' name, amen. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.